The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. The Lubavitcher Rebbe had a custom that the night of Pesach, after Mayrev, he would distribute matzah to the people who worked in his house and helped his wife. They cleaned, they cooked, they arranged things. Those who helped his brother-in-law and sister-in-law in their house, he's known as Rabbi Garari, his secretariat, the people who worked in his office, sending letters, taking care of the office, around 10 or 15 people. My father was one of the people who would get matzah. So as a child, I would go with him. It was a very small group. And the Rebbe would go into his room and open the door. And he would give everybody, the adults, he would give a whole matzah and maybe a little piece. My father, he always gave a second whole matzah for the newspaper because he had his Yiddish newspaper, the Alga manager now. And the few children that were there, there weren't many, maybe two or three or four children, he would always give a broken piece of matzah because the miners got not a whole matzah, but a prusa, a piece of a matzah. And it was never a problem for the Rebbe to find broken matzahs because if you ever buy matzahs from a matzah bakery, you know the challenge is to find a whole matzah, not to find a broken piece of matzah. In fact, sometimes you have to work really hard to find a whole matzah. Anyway, I still remember it was my turn. I was standing there and I came to the Rebbe's, the door of his room, his private office, and he was standing. His face looked like Mamash Amalach Alakim, was radiating with the joy of, of Pesach, of, of, of liberation and holiness. It was a very special, intimate moment because the Rebbe's holiness was extremely palpable. Unless you were Mamash, even if you were dead, you felt it. It was very, his Kedusha was very palpable. His holiness, you could feel it. You didn't have to be a, a mystic or, or a very sacred person yourself. And he looked down to take a broken piece of matzah and give it to me. But as he looked at his, it was a big brown, uh, two pounds of matzah, it was a whole matzah. So he lifted it up and I understood he was intending to find the broken piece right under it. But it was also whole. So he picked up two of them to get the third one. It was also whole. And he started to go matzah by matzah. And I don't know how in the world that happened. But every matzah in that pound or two pounds was whole. And he literally went. I remember I was standing there. It seemed like eternity. He went down matzah to matzah to matzah. He couldn't find a broken piece of matzah. He got all the way to the bottom. Now what am I thinking? I'm thinking, you won't tell. I won't tell. Just give me a whole matzah. Nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to happen. I'll hide it. I won't tell anybody. I promise you. Right? What's, I was so excited. I thought, that's what, what is the Rebbe going to do? Just give the kid a matzah next. Just one matzah. What am I asking already? Instead, I didn't say it. I was just thinking it. Instead, the Rebbe took both of his hands and he picked up this whole big pile of matzah and he turned it over like this very skillfully. He went like this, turned it over very skillfully and gracefully to make sure that there was no broken matzah. And he went again down. But this time it was the other way. And again, there was no broken matzah. The first count was accurate. I could see, if I may say, that the Rebbe was reflecting, pondering what to do. And he started to step away into his room to retrieve another box of matzah and give me a broken matzah. But as I saw, as he took the first step, he changed his mind and he came back. 
And I saw that the Rebbe did not want to break a matzah. I could see that he did it. That's why he was searching the whole time. He could have just broken it. And I can't tell you I know what the Rebbe was thinking because I don't know what he was thinking. But it looked like he was debating whether to break or not to break. To break or not to break, that is the question. And then he took a matzah and he broke it. He broke it. He broke it into two. And he gave me the piece. And he looked me in the eyes. And he said, Akosherin or Nafrelechin Pesach. You should have a kosher and happy Pesach. And I took my broken piece of matzah. And I went home. The story happened when I was a little kid. And I forgot about the story. Many, many, many years passed. And not very long ago, I found myself in a situation and in a position where I was receiving, and I am receiving, hundreds of letters a day from people all over the world. And mostly stories of brokenness. Profound stories of brokenness. Of all forms and of all types of Jews and sometimes even non-Jews. From Golders Green to Stamford Hill. From B'nai Brak to Meir Sha'arim. From Kiryas Sefer to Melbourne and Johannesburg and London and Lakewood and Borough Park and Williamsburg and even the natural habitat of the Jewish people, Miami. <laughs> and I was dealing, I was looking at one of these letters and I fell apart and I was asking myself like Rifka, how did I get this job? And I was looking at this letter, I'm like, what am I even supposed to tell this person? What is anybody supposed to tell this person? And I don't know why, but God sent me a flashback. Sometimes when you have to remember something, it, you remember it. When you don't have to, you don't have to. And I remember that scene. And I wondered then, why did the Rebbe not give me a whole matzah? And then I realized, the Rebbe wanted to empower me and share something with me. And what he was saying is, in his own inimitable way, don't be afraid of broken matzahs. Don't be afraid of broken souls. Don't be afraid of broken hearts. Don't be afraid of the brokenness inside of yourself. Instead, hold on to it. Embrace it. Make it part of your Seder. Internalize it, cherish it, value it, and look it in the eyes and give people that sense of a sense of dignity and of joy. The greatest misservice you can do to yourself or others is to allow people to feel that their brokenness is deeper than their infinity, when really their brokenness is part of the journey of their infinity. So my dearest friends, that empowered me, I have to tell you, in a way that probably a hundred therapy sessions could have empowered me. Those are cheaper. So tonight, at this special Mitzvah Shabbos, as we commemorate the leadership of God's smile to the Jewish people after Auschwitz, it's not commemorating the leadership of a great Jew 
was beloved and achieved a lot of great things. That too. But that's not really the point. The point is to commemorate not the greatness of the Rebbe, but the greatness that the Rebbe saw in you, and in you, and in you, and in me. To commemorate that greatness would be a real tribute to him, much more than to commemorate his greatness. To commemorate the greatness embedded in every soul, beginning with yourself and your loved ones. And tonight I want to share, if I can, a little piece of that matzah that I had the privilege of receiving from the holy hands of the Rebbe. To empower all of us not to be afraid of any form of brokenness. By knowing that when we could cry, we can also smile and sing and dance. Not to be afraid by knowing that deeper than everything is the elikus, the oneness, the truth, the song, the enoid movadoi, the netzach Yisrael, the eternity of Torah, of Hashem, and of love. That each of us can become an ambassador of that type of love that triumphs and gives people the safety and the empathy to be able to sing and dance again. As Yashir Moshe of Nei Yisrael, as Rashi says, Moshe will sing, The song was not something of the past, the song is something of the presence and of the future. May we experience speedily in our days. Amen. Thank you very, very much. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.